Hello, and welcome to Weekly Wholesome Words with Pastor Josh Drelecki of Twin Cities Grace Fellowship. Join Pastor Josh each week as he gives further insight into God's Word. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Weekly Wholesome Words. It's a pleasure to open up the scriptures with you and to look at another topic and provide you some snippets of teaching. Uh, This week and the weeks to come, I am going to be discussing a very important subject matter, and that is what concerns the Spirit, and the Spirit in regards to the Holy Spirit. And we're going to take a look at a lot of things that surround this issue, surround the Spirit, who He is, His activity, how He works today, how we can participate in what He's doing, and a whole host and number of things. And so for the next few weeks, we're going to take a look at this prevalent issue. The reason why we're going to look at this issue is because as we start to deal with Romans chapter 8, one of the biggest things that comes to the forefront of the information is the Spirit. Up until this point in Romans, the Spirit hasn't been mentioned much Uh, We learn that he was given to us. The Holy Ghost was given to us in Romans chapter 5. We learned about the lowercase s spirit in other passages like Romans chapter 1 and Romans chapter 7 and uh, Romans chapter 2 and other passages that brought up the lowercase s spirit. However, the Holy Spirit and the spirit and what he does and and what uh how we're going to walk after him and all these other things becomes a major issue in romans chapter 8 and as we get underway i want to just briefly look at that you basically switch from him being mentioned a few times from in the first seven chapters of roman to him being mentioned it seems like almost every verse or if not every verse, then in a verse a few times in Romans chapter 8. And so let's look at this here in Romans chapter 8, verse 1, and just get a feel of how many times he's brought up in this chapter. Romans chapter 8, verse 1, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit, Verse 2, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus had made me free from the law of sin and death. Look at verse 4, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. Verse 9, but ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if so be that the spirit of God dwelleth I'm sorry, dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Verse 10, And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. Verse 11, But if the Spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his Spirit that dwelleth in you. Verse 13, For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die, but if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. Verse 14, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Verse 15, For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Verse 16, The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. 
Jump all the way down to verse 23. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit. Even we ourselves, grown within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of our body. Verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit also help with our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit. Because maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And... You can see that the Spirit, through just that brief reading, is dealt with a lot. In fact, the Spirit is dealt with in connection and by virtue of His things. If you look again at Romans chapter 8 and verse 5, For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit the things of the Spirit. We learn in Romans 8 that we are led by the Spirit as the sons of God that God has made us to be. We learn from Romans 8 that the Spirit's already have done some things in us in connection with believing the gospel of Christ. And we learn that we are going to walk after Him by virtue of minding His things. And therefore, what is attached to the Spirit are His things that we are going to mind, that we are going to grab a hold of, and again, by virtue of minding the Spirit's things, we will therefore become spiritually minded. And we're going to mind those things, and the way in which we're going to mind His things are by our Spirit, our lowercase s spirit and you see the holy spirit by virtue of his things that he leads us in is going to bear witness with our spirit our mind as paul talks about and we get familiar with not only in the earlier verses of romans 8 but also in verse 16 of romans 8 the spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit and this is nothing that we should be unfamiliar with as Paul introduced this book, that he serves in the gospel of Christ within, uh, by his spirit. To look at verse 9 of Romans 1. For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayers. And so Paul is going to utilize his inner man, his spirit, his mind to serve in the gospel of his Son. Now, as we briefly looked at Romans chapter 8 and the necessity, therefore, of understanding the Spirit, His things, how He leads, all these things that come out of Romans chapter 8, um, there are things that the Spirit has already done without Him actually being mentioned. And the, in the remaining time we have this week, I want to begin to look at that. Um, in fact, come with me to Romans chapter 8, and I want you to see this, the implications of Romans 8 and verse 1. Look what he says in Romans 8 verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. And now notice verse 2. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. Notice in verse 2. Well, verse 1, he talks about walking after the Spirit. And therefore, 
there's some implication that you already know what the Spirit's done, and therefore you would walk after it. Verse 2, he also says, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus had made me free from the law of sin and death. And he's not escaping or uh, not taking into account the context. The context, Romans chapter 6 through Romans chapter 7, has been dealing with those two issues. The flesh and the spirit. The spirit of life in Christ, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, which has made us free from the law of sin and death. So the implication is, is that there have been things that we have learned already up until this point in Romans chapter 8 that the, the spirit was involved with. And in fact, when you compare this with some things like Galatians, Galatians chapter, let's see, let's go to Galatians chapter 3. And Paul is correcting the saints at Galatia here in regards to going back under the law. Look at what he says here um, in Galatians chapter 3, verse 1. O foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you, that ye should not obey the truth, before whose eyes Jesus Christ hath been evidently set forth, crucified among you. This only would I learn of you, received ye the Spirit by the works of the law, or by the hearing of faith. And, and when he talks about receiving the Spirit, that's when, when Paul talks about um, we were given the Holy Ghost there in Romans chapter 5, that's, that's what he's talking about. If you go over and look later on in this chapter, Galatians chapter 3, verse 14, he says that the blessings of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. And the, the, the Spirit is the promise of eternal life as well. And that's where we begin. That's where we start. And we receive the Spirit. We possess eternal life through the gospel. And that information sitting over in Romans chapters 1 through 5. Look at Galatians chapter 3. Look at verse 3. Are you so foolish having begun in the Spirit? See, there's a beginning in the Spirit. And what all I'm trying to show you folks is that when you're in Romans even though the Spirit isn't mentioned in Romans chapters really 1 through 7 in great detail, he's still involved. And we have begun in the Spirit. Um, he says there in verse 5 of Galatians chapter 3, He therefore that ministereth to you the Spirit and worketh miracles among you, doeth he it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? And so there's a beginning in the Spirit and then there's a ministering to you of the Spirit. And that's what Paul's going to begin to do in Romans 8. He's going to minister us to us the Spirit by the hearing of faith. However, we've begun in the Spirit already from what we learn in Romans 1 through 5 and also 6 and 7. And so again, he's not mentioned in Romans 1 through 7 much, but he's still there. In fact, the things that have taken place in regards to justification, in regards to our new identity being baptized into Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, and the issue of redemption and that being applied to us, the Spirit is the one who's been involved in all of that. In fact, Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, if you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 6, and verse 11, he says, And such were some of you, but ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. We're justified unto eternal life by the Spirit of our God. That justification, when it became ours, was by the Spirit of our God. Um, 
So there's a lot of things that the Spirit has already done without mention, which is just his nature. He's going to testify to the things of the Lord Jesus Christ and what he's done for us. That's his ministry. That's his role. And so I want to take a look at some of these things that he's involved in, um, but yet isn't necessarily mentioned and confirm that with other scriptures. And then we'll eventually get into Romans 8 and look at some things there. I also want to look at some things in the Gospel of John where his ministry to the believing remnant is going to come prevalent. And uh, there are issues that are obviously that we need to rightly divide, but there's also some parallels to the Spirit's activity and role um, in the Lord's earthly ministry in connection with the little flock. And especially after he ascends to heaven, uh, he's going to send the comforter, he's going to send the spirit. And there's some things that the Lord says about the spirit there that are um, similar to the spirit's role and functionality with us as believers today in this dispensation of grace. And we'll take a look at all these things in the weeks to come. Now come back with me to Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter 3, it is through this information, obviously, that the spirit is working uh the spirit of is is involved in the inspiration of god's word uh with the apostle paul and therefore these words are spirit they are of the holy spirit um, but also in connection with the redemption that is in christ jesus when you understand redemption and and the delivering from the predicament that they were in when we believe that delivering that justification that salvation that deliverance is of the spirit look here at romans chapter 3 and look at verse 24 he says being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in christ jesus when you understand redemption and that we are in a legal predicament we're in a legal predicament that we need to be delivered from and there's a ransom price to be paid that price has been paid by the lord jesus christ but when that price and the benefits and the application of that redemption, um, that the, the redemptive benef- benefits are ours by faith and faith alone, then that deliverance and the salvation, the benefits become ours and we are redeemed. We are delivered from that legal predicament and brought unto the Redeemer. And we are if you think about it in regards to many things that could be um, redeemed or um, delivered back in the Old Testament, there was a price to be paid. There was something that was a possession that could be redeemed. And the person would come along and pay the price to redeem that possession. And when they paid the price to redeem the possession... It therefore then became theirs. It no longer stayed in the redemptive market. It became the possession of the Redeemer. So in connection with our sin, we are in the slave market of sin, in a legal predicament, needing to be delivered. And there's a ransom price for our deliverance. And the Lord Jesus Christ pays that price. And when we believe that price is applied to us as individuals and once that price is applied to us we no longer are in the legal predicament of the slave market of sin but we are transferred or we are delivered or saved from the market of our sin because the ransom price has been paid and applied to us and we are brought unto the redeemer we become his 
And folks, that whole transaction individually that takes place when we hear the gospel of Christ and receive it by faith alone and therefore receive all the benefits of that is done by the Spirit. That's how Paul in Galatians chapter 1 says, having begun in the Spirit, are you now made perfect by the flesh? The focus is being made perfect by the flesh, but in contrast of how they began. And they began in the Spirit. That's why Paul can say over there in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 11, that we're justified by the Spirit of our God. The Spirit of our God are these words that make up Romans chapters 1 through 3 and the further words in the context of justification. In fact, the issue of our much more assurance of our salvation is the Spirit is involved in that as well. In fact, you can see this one in Romans chapter 5 when he says in verse 5, And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. And it explains that the Holy Ghost is given unto us, but also what he's going to do is he's going to shed abroad the love of God in our hearts and provide that much more assurance of our salvation. As he says there in verse 9, Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. If you look over at First Thessalonians in chapter 1, look at how he talks about how his gospel came to them in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 5. For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost and in much assurance. So the much assurance and the Holy Ghost are interfaced. They're intertwined with one another. Well, folks, that's all the time we have for this week. Uh, hopefully you've enjoyed briefly looking at this. And really all we did is to see the necessity of understanding the Spirit as we learn of as he's brought up in many times in Romans chapter 8 but also see the implications that he was involved in what we've already learned in Romans chapters 1 through 7 as we further validate that not only in this lesson but in lessons to come I hope you've enjoyed it and I look forward to next week to further look at these things but until then look up thanks for joining Pastor Josh for this week's episode of Weekly Wholesome Words join him next week for another look into God's Word Until next time, look up.